The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And I've got one of AEW's newest signings, Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, making his Talk is Jericho debut today. Uh, Jack's talking about his uh, his gimmick, getting started in wrestling when he was still in elementary school, believe it or not, and doing matches as a sixth grader, pro matches, and how it's his dad's fault that he's even a wrestler in the first place. And yes, he's talking about his dad, the late, great Luke Perry, who just passed away in March from complications from a stroke. The poem at the beginning of the show today was written by my daughter, Sierra. She didn't know that uh, that Jack and I were friends. She just sent it to me actually last night and said, Dad, I was bored today uh, after I finished my homework and I wrote this. She and her sister Cheyenne are huge Riverdale fans and both lost a little bit of interest in the show after, uh, after Luke Perry passed away and Luke played um, Archie's father. And the crazy thing is about, I'd say about two months before he passed away, we have a mutual friend in uh, Paul Lazenby, who was on the show talking about famous bouncers last year. And um, they both work on Riverdale. And he actually got Luke to send Cheyenne and Sierra uh, a video just saying, hey, Cheyenne and Sierra, how are you? I hope you're doing good. It was about a five second thing, but it just made their day. Uh, along with Archie, the actor who played Archie as well. So it was a very cool act of kindness from Luke Perry towards my daughters, and my daughter uh, responded in kind with that amazing poem, which kicked off the show. I sent it to Jack. Jack was very moved by it and thanked me for sending it to him. I wanted to share it with you. Uh, uh, Sierra just read that on her own. So that's where that comes from. Uh, she was obviously very devastated about Luke's loss, uh, of course, not a fraction as much as Jack was. And Jack talks about what life has been like since losing his dad and what he misses most. He also shares some stories about the last movie his dad shot before he died, the upcoming Quentin Tarantino opus, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and how Jack ended up in the film as well. Lots of great stuff with Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, and we'll get to it. But first, we're going to turn things over to the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Duff McKagan, for the joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho, Steph McKagan. Uh, a mugger just stole my wallet. I chased after him. He gave me a real run for my money. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Not bad. Yeah, Duff's got a few puns there. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, thank you, Duff McKagan, for jump-starting our weekend every Friday with a laugh. And that was a legitimate laugh today. Duff has been doing this for almost two years. Never missed a week. And uh, his new solo record, Tenderness, is coming out soon. We're going to have Duff on in a few weeks talking all about Tenderness and a live Duff McKagan joke of the week. But for right now, it's Jack Perry talking Luke Perry. 
Jungle Boy and his upcoming debut with AEW right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. All right, so um, one of the cool things about signing with AEW is a roster filled with guys that I've not met before, and some I've heard of, some I haven't. One that I had heard of was the uh, up-and-coming Jungle Boy, which um, was funny because at first when I heard the name Jungle Boy, I was thinking it was going to be like some you know dude with like a you know like like the Sabu type of a vibe or whatever with Mowgli. From the jungle, <laughs> it's not so much the case. It's Southern California uh, yeah. style jungle boy. Where'd you get the idea for that? That actually, someone gave it to me. Uh, I never picked that, and I hated it at first. Right. But then you know, I kind of, I just realized it was different than what everyone else was doing, and people liked it. And so then over time, I grew to like it, and then. But what was the idea? Just because you have long hair? Yeah, it, it was around like when that last Tarzan movie came out, mm. and. uh I used to get super, super wet before I would go out because, I don't know, and my hair would be all wet, and it just, the the ring announcer, he told me, he's like, I get a nickname for you, and we were in front of everybody, and I was like, okay, I get like, whatever, and he said it, and at first, I was like, dude, I can't believe that you just stuck me with that, <laughs> but that, yeah, people liked it, and... It's all it, those things that you hear it when you're on your way to the <clears throat> ring and go, like, that's me? Yeah. I think yeah. that happened with, with Joe Henning with, like, Michael McGillicuddy when he was doing oh, yeah. that, and they was just like, he walked to the ring, and they said, Michael McGillicuddy, and he's like... That's me. Yeah, I'm. So I'm the Jungle Boy. Yeah. Um. But I mean, it's, it's 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 like I said, it's so crazy because, you know, here with this name, yeah. and then obviously now you you get signed by AEW. Yeah. And then the recent passing of your father. Yeah. There's been so much emphasis on you now. Yeah. Uh, more than ever before, it's, it's almost the perfect time for AEW to be starting for you at yeah. least. Yeah, I thought you know I thought it was um. It was super cool because the, it's just starting out, obviously. And my, for me, it's kind of just starting. You know, I've been doing it for a couple of years, but it's really just starting to take off now. So I feel like it's cool for me to get in with you guys and these guys and kind of on this parallel journey of us both doing this together for the first time. How did this all come about? Did you see somebody at one of the shows or? Yeah, well, I had, um, you know, th things for me really took off in November in terms of the indies and stuff. And I really started blowing up. And then I was at, uh, dinner with my family at Sharky's, and I remember looking down at my phone and it said, Chris Jericho just followed your Instagram. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and I checked to make sure it had the check mark and all that. Mm -hmm. And then, like, a couple days later, Matt Jackson, like, liked one of my posts or something, and I was like, oh, man, these guys, they know who I am. At mm -hmm. least. And I could feel something was happening. And I remember I did a, a show in Chicago with Game Changer Wrestling, and Joey Janela told me, he said, you know, I've heard them talking talking about you a little bit. And it, it was cool, but I, I kind of, like, you guys were so far away, kind of, it didn't, it didn't really seem real. And the next day, I was at breakfast in Chicago, and I got a message from Cody. And I had to leave the restaurant, because I had to go just sit outside by myself for a minute, but mm -hmm. that was it. And, um, you know, as you mentioned, the, all the stuff with my dad, I was really grateful for that, because he was right there when I got that. And I showed him, like, right away when I got the message, and I showed it to him, and he started crying in this restaurant. Wow. Yeah, and we... Because um, you'd always heard over the years that Luke Perry was a big wrestling fan. Yeah. You know, and is that kind of how you got into wrestling through him? Or Yeah, the first time I ever remember seeing any wrestling was... I don't remember how old I was, but I was young, and I was in England with my dad, who's doing a play, and it was late at night, and we couldn't sleep, whatever, and so he just flicked on the TV, and I remember seeing... It was Eddie Guerrero and Booker T. I mm. don't know what it what, what I don't know what show or anything, but... I just remember being kind of fascinated by these big 
shiny dudes. They're all oiled up and the athleticism and all that. So that that was definitely like my first exposure to it. And it was something I kind of talked about with my dad a bit. Mm-hmm. And then he used to take me to the the shows when they would come to L.A., like Raw and SmackDown and all that. And so, um, you know, he, he grew up loving wrestling. And, like, Dusty was his mm. favorite. Um, he has a... He had like a Dusty Rhodes box set DVD. Oh, yeah. And it it had a thing where when you open it, Dusty would talk out of it. And and he blew the speaker out. He played it so much. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is so ironic that now you're working basically for, you know, Dusty's son, Cody. Well, yeah, it's funny because um, I met Cody at a show with all pro wrestling in the Cow Palace in San Francisco. And Mm. Cody was on it. And, um, you know, I was in like the opening battle royal. I got eliminated in like 10 seconds, whatever it was. And Cody was the main event, so he had his own dressing room, kind of separate from all of us. And my this would drive me crazy, but my dad would always just walk backstage at the shows, and I'd be like, Dad, you, you can't do this. <laughs> but of course, nobody said anything to him because, Luke Perry. yeah, they weren't gonna. Right. But I was like, you know, like no one else's dad is back here, you can't. But so he he knew Cody was there, and he my dad and Dusty got to have a little bit of a relationship. They would call each other and talk. No kidding. Yeah, and he, um, so he's like, I gotta go see Cody. And he just walked straight through the regular locker room and into the special locker room that Cody was in. Cody was standing there in his underwear. My dad was like, I just got to shake your hand. I want to say hi. And they, they started talking for a little bit. And, um, you know, that's where I met Cody, really. And then I'd see him every now and again at shows. And then, you know, fast forward to now. But, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. For You know, it, it's different now that he's not here, my dad. But yeah. it's, it, I think it is a cool thing that I get to be doing something with Cody like his son and Dusty's son. Is- Thankfully, like you mentioned, he got to see you get yeah. signed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to a, a major company. Yeah. You know, if nothing else, that's a pretty cool moment that you know that at least he got to see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got to share that. And, you know, I don't I don't really know what I think about life after death and whatever, but I'm, I'm glad that I guess that he would know that things are going in a, a mm-hmm. good direction. Since we're talking about your dad, were you surprised... <laughs> At how huge the the feedback was to his passing? Yeah, I mean, I always knew about his fame and all, mm-hmm. but but I wasn't alive when it was at the peak, you know? Like, he was—it was, was kind of done by the time mm-hmm. I came around. When were you born? Uh, 97. Okay, right, so it was yeah. the last few years of Beverly Hills, yeah. right? Yeah, so um, my mom would, like, tell my sister and I, she would try and relate it to us in, like, modern day, like like, compare him to people. Like, she told my sister, like, it was, like, Justin Bieber at the time mm-hmm. when it... But so it was it was kind of crazy from, like, to get people reaching out from all around the world and everywhere, and it was, like... So, yeah, I guess it was surprising. Mm. It wasn't, it wasn't. Just kind of how it, big it was. It's one of those things, though, because if you come from my generation, yeah. I wasn't... I was a little bit older, but I think 22, 23, yeah. 24, everybody watched... Beverly yeah. Hills. You know, I'm a 21-year-old rock guy, but you yeah. still would tune in. I used to play the theme song on my bass. Oh, yeah. My roommate would be watching it. And we always loved, you know, Dylan and Luke Perry. So you forget, though, because he, he still stayed very active. Yeah. But when he passed away, it's like everybody's texting everybody. I'm like, gosh, yeah. Luke Perry passed away. Luke Perry. Yeah. And, of course, now at this point, I know, no, I didn't know you face-to-face, but we yeah. had been talking a little bit yeah. or whatever. And it's like it really was just – such a, uh, you know, cover of every magazine sort of a thing. Yeah. Whereas, like, my dad played hockey in the NHL for 10 years, 67 oh, yeah? to 77. 
And there's, I remember, especially when I was a kid, people were like, oh my gosh, Ted Irvin's your dad. Yeah, yeah. But to me, he's just my dad. Yeah. Right. Well, that that is the thing that's kind of weird. It's like I've been seeing a lot of pictures of him on magazines and on the internet and all that, but they're all they're not pictures of him like as I know him. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, like his biggest fame was from when he was younger. So that's where most of these pictures are coming from. But he didn't look like that to me. Like I never knew that guy. Mm-hmm. And like I know it's him, but it's not. It's With not the big re- hair and yeah. Yeah, it's not. You know, my my whole life he had like a scruffy beard, and um, it's funny to me seeing him dressed in all these like leather jackets. He had the absolute worst style of anybody <laughs> I've ever known ever. Um, he had these shoes. I don't even know what they were. He got these shoes in Africa when he went there, and they're made out of like tires somehow. <laughs> and he would have these socks like up to his, the middle of his shin and these like flood pants. Mm-hmm. He always wore a fanny pack, which drove us all nuts because it was just. Oh my gosh. And he had a visor and then he'd have, he'd always have his sunglasses. He'd tie a little string around them so he could wear it on a necklace and then put them on. And just like my sister and I both, when he would come to pick us up from school, we'd be like, oh man, like, <laughs> he's just waiting in the car and we'll come. But, um,. He's, it doesn't matter who your dad is. You yeah. always have to embarrass your oh, no, children yeah, no matter was, what. But, but so, yeah, it's that's the him that I think of because that's, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, that's the real him. The other one's well, sure, character. Playing and, a character, yeah. yeah. But the thing that was interesting, because, like, my daughters are 12. Yeah. I told you this, but so we have a mutual friend, my friend Paul. Yeah. His name's Paul Lazenby. He works in Vancouver. Yes. Stunt courting, stunt this, stunt that. He, yeah. for for a while, was like, I was like, we'll see if we can get Jungle Boy and Luke yeah. to do a podcast together. And yeah. He said he was going to try whatever, but he, my daughter's got super into Riverdale, like yeah. obsessed. And when and uh, a couple weeks before he passed away, Paul sent me this video of yeah. of Luke and can't remember the caveat. KJ place, Archie, yeah, yeah, Archie, saying, yeah. hey, Shine's here. I just want to say hi. And but the the caveat was you can't post it. Oh yeah, I guess maybe they didn't want every kid in America to want one. Yeah, I think. That's but they show that to all their friends. I they were like, it's one of those things you take a video of your kids watching this and just yeah. their look of. Yeah. And I just thought that's a pretty cool thing for him to do. Yeah, it was only five seconds, but still, that's five seconds out yeah. of his day. It just yeah. it was kind of a nice. No, he, he was very generous with stuff like that. Always, um, it didn't happen to him, but every time we were out, he would. If it happened, he'd take a picture with someone. He would mm. uh, do whatever it was. So he he was always cool about that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What did he say when you first told him you wanted to get into the wrestling business? Well, you know, it's kind of his fault I ended up here. Um, I kind of started my wrestling on a trampoline, and it was mainly with my sister. And um, <laughs> that's when I was really into watching and stuff. And, you know, I'd be out there, like, doing FUs and tombstones on my sister and all that. And then I guess my parents got concerned enough that they came to me and they said, like, if this is something you really want to do, you're going to have to go learn how to do it properly and with people who aren't your sister um but i was in like the fourth grade when that happened Mm. and so my dad looked at he had found out through someone he found a place for me to go and train in the valley and what was it called uh it was with a guy named rick drazen 
Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's ring in the backyard of his Yeah, house. I was in his backyard. That's yeah. where you trained? Yeah. I've been there before. Yeah, and he, uh, I remember I was in fourth grade, and I remember it was like a big deal. The teacher was like, Jack, you're going home early. And I knew what it was for. And I was like, oh, man, like this is about to, this is about to get going. And so he picked me up from school early and took me over there. And, um, yeah, it was just a ring in the backyard. And, like, I'd never seen a ring. Oh, I'd seen a ring, but, like, I hadn't been up and touched one and all that. So that was, like, already I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a class. And it was it was definitely a lot tougher than I had been anticipating because I'd been wrestling on a trampoline. And I kind of, you know, I always heard, like, oh, there's, like, a trampoline under the ring. Like, yeah. that's... And so the first bump I took, I, that it hurt so bad. I think it crossed my eyes. I was like, all right, yeah. this is... I always equated it to getting like a bucket of cold water thrown in your face. Yeah. You were just like, Whoa, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I never expected that. Yeah. So it was pretty rough, but I, I mean, I loved it. And so I, I got into it and I, I did that for about like two or three years. Training at Rick's? Or, yeah. Oh, training. Wow. But then I, I started working shows back then because it was like a little novelty thing. And I, I did a show up in San Francisco and I did one in San Diego. And so kind of just around California. But, um, yeah, so I got, I got going pretty young. Mm-hmm. And then I got into middle school, and I got into music and all that, and I kind of got over wrestling. It was... um. So you had finished... You said you were training already working yeah. by the time you were in middle school? Yeah, by sixth grade, I'd been like working shows for like two years, and I was like, I'm, I'm tired what? of this. Yeah. What are you, 12? Yeah. Who's booking a 12-year-old kid for a show? I don't know. They Like, they would bill me as like people's little brother sometimes and mm. all that. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was crazy, though. It's, it's funny because you hear that, like, in the U.K., those guys yeah. always start at 14, 15, and I know yeah. that even, like, uh, TJ and Harry Smith and the guys yeah. in the heart world were yeah. doing shows at 12 or 13, you know, working for WWE, opening match yeah. type thing. Yeah, so. I mean, that's good. I mean, I, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I started early, kind of, because when I, when I came back to it, I felt it's kind of like riding a bike in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, it was easier to just pick up again. But I am glad I took some time off because I feel like I was so young that— it was kind of detrimental because nothing could have happened really at that age. Right. You know, at twelve, there's no. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So, so I took some time. Bed to, by nine p.m. Or yeah, whatever, right? yeah. So I took some time and I got bigger and older and all that, and then I came back to it. Yeah, but I'm yeah, I'm glad to be back now, but also have the experience of having done it a bit then. That's so crazy. That so, where where did you work at twelve in San Francisco? Yeah, I did a show up there. Um, did, you dri- how, did parents have to drive you there? Yeah, or? I had to miss a day of fifth grade to do that. And they didn't have a problem with the kid, the underage kid wrestling. No, my parents were always super supportive of it. You missed a day of fifth grade. Yeah, I had to miss a day, and like my sister did too, because they had to take us. And I remember I got a I got a guy's blood on my shoe. I had these white shoes, and I thought it was so cool. And they're like, "You have to wash that off." And I wouldn't do it. So I was like, "I'm going to show everybody this. This is so sick." <laughs> Did you wrestle another twelve year old kid? No, it was. They were always adults. I can't. I'm, this is crazy. Yeah, that. Well, it's funny because I remember that particular one. I was kind of like a manager or whatever. But mm-hmm. my big spot at the end was I got in, and there was like a heel manager, and I kicked him in the balls, and I gave him a sliced bread mm. in the ring. And I, that guy ended up being the promoter for that place, All Pro Wrestling, where I ended up meeting Cody way later. Oh. But so I re-met him when I was in college, and I had moved up there for a bit. But I'd met him as an 11-year-old kid, kicking him in the nuts. Well, obviously so. your parents are super supportive of yeah. this if they're taking you out of school for it. Yeah. I mean, my parents wouldn't have done that. Yeah, I mean, th- there was one time I remember, um, uh, it, was, it was here in Southern California, and I did this tag match with this woman who had trained me. 
And, you know, I, I was kind of like, I was a schoolboy. I kind of looked like Angus Young. I had those shorts and the little hat and all that. And <laughs> she was supposed to be like a naughty teacher. And that was kind of our our little thing. And we, we wrestled the tag match against um, this guy, Angel, who was, I guess you'd call it an exotico now in Mexican mm-hmm. wrestling, but he, he did the, the drag yeah. and all that. Yeah. And then um, this lady, Mariah, and the, the, like they had the fishnets and that kind of whole look going. And I remember the spot was whatever. There was a whole kissing spot back and forth. And I ended up whipping this guy with a belt, which I wasn't really sure about. But I was like, whatever. I, like, I was I was 11. I wasn't going to argue with him. But my parents then were like, probably don't be doing that anymore. But that was really the only time that it kind of went over the line. But, yeah, they've always been super cool. You mentioned that you it's hard for you to see your dad like as a younger guy. Or whatever. Did, you, yeah. did you ever watch it? Did you ever watch any of those shows or watch any of his movies? Or? Uh I've seen some of the movies. I've seen a little bit of the nine or two now, and I feel so bad saying, but when I watch it, I cannot believe that people thought that was a good show. <laughs> like, it, it is so cringy to me to see, but, you know. A product of its time, maybe. Yeah. You know. It's also weird to see him act for me, kind of because, again, I know what, I know what he's really like, so to see him putting on these mm-hmm. performances, it's, it's not really him. Mm-hmm. So I, I just feel like... I don't know. I, I know, like, when he makes a certain face at someone, I know what that face really is. And, like, mm-hmm. I know when, I don't know. But, yeah. You know I, the real Yeah, guy. I know what the real thing is. Um, I've, I I watched Riverdale because I, I went up there to visit him on the set, kind of, and I had never watched it before, and they were, like, a season or two in. And there was something on the wall, and I asked. I was like, what is this? And someone started telling me, they're like, oh, well, do you know in the last episode when KJ did it? And I felt kind of bad because I'd never seen an episode <laughs> at all. So I went home and I binged watched it on mm-hmm. Netflix just to catch up. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't really care if I watched it or not. Um, but yeah, I, I, I watched it. And that's the most I've seen of him mm-hmm. acting, actually. Because you never, um, as a performer, Jungle Boy, yeah, it might have been known kind of behind the scenes that yeah. you're Luke Perry's son, but you didn't go out there as Luke Perry's son. Jungle yeah, Boy. well, that was always something I really, really wanted to stay away from. And I ended because I I'd picked the Jungle Boy thing came, but I'd picked a different name, just like a totally fake name and all. Because I wanted to stay away from my name, and because my big thing was I don't I don't want to be getting anything because of that that I wouldn't be getting otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I tried for a long time to keep it like for a while nobody knew, and then it it came out, and I was really bummed when that came out. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Um, the way it came out. He, the way it came out was not how I'd wanted it to come out. Someone, like, took a video of him at the thing, and it mm-hmm. it just, it was everything I didn't want because the headline was, like, Luke Perry's son. Mm-hmm. And, like, my whole life I've always wanted to be my own thing and not Luke Perry's mm-hmm. son. Not that I have a problem with it, but... Um, you want to be judged on your own merits, not yeah. because of who your, your father is. And, you know, it um the thing that makes me so happy about being with AEW and all that is, like, for, there are, there have been a bunch of shows, but a lot of people have wanted me. They they think they're original, but they'll suggest like, oh, well, maybe we could get your dad and you to do. And like that was something I never was gonna do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've had a lot of people try and get me to use my real name, and all. But but I know what that kind of is leading towards. Mm-hmm. So to be able to be with all elite as Jungle Boy, like as my own thing, was such a cool thing for me, and not have them tell me that I need to switch it up and like use my name or use my dad or any of that just to be able to do it by myself was see i think you know and and this is being in the business for 30 years yeah my wheels start rolling right? yeah and obviously this is 
with respect to, to your lineage and your yeah. history, and obviously too, you're like I said, Luke being so beloved. Yeah. Right. I think people now will be watching. Yeah. You to see how you do, yeah. because I told a lot of Ian Ziering has been on this show before, and we did Sharknado three. Oh yeah. When Luke passed away, I talked to him a little bit. And he's like, "Yeah, it's so great <clears throat> that Jack is with you guys, and you know, it's just really yeah. cool." It it wouldn't take much, and you wouldn't have to dwell on it. But I think I think mm. there's something there now that Luke passed away. People will be yeah. watching you, and not that you're using that, but it's yeah. almost enhancing because you already got signed on your own. Yeah, you know what I mean. When the time is right, yeah, I think it's something that could. could well, well, yeah, I, I think I told you this, but we we were always going to do something together, him and I. Oh, you were going to Yeah, we were. I mean, the plan was always at some point he was going through a table somewhere. That you would put him through? Yeah. That's awesome. But the thing was, I we both knew that's really kind of like a one-shot thing. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to do that at some little show in Southern California. Yeah. So, But that was always the plan. It's so funny how fathers and sons think. Like, uh, I played, Christopher Reeve had uh, this thing called Super Skate in Madison Square Garden. It was celebrities versus the rangers yeah sometimes and i played in it four years in a row and the last year they asked me to play and i said yeah but can can my dad come too yeah but he has to be on the other team oh really yeah because yeah. we have to get in a fight obviously yeah right? <laughs> you know it's like you can't be most people envision you be like skating side to side with your dad but no, yeah. i want to go and yeah get in a fight with them right well, yeah well i think that's you know that in history that's kind of a natural story of mm-hmm. fathers and sons wanting to surpass each other and whatnot. Right. It's like, uh, it's kind of like just a classic thing. So mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, obviously not being able to do that now is pretty heartbreaking. But yeah, but know. like I said, it's almost you could still do something yeah. with that in in the right way. And I yeah. have ideas, but that's for another yeah, story. We'll, but we'll um, I think once again, it's it's obviously. Terrible, shitty situation, yeah. but I think as you grow older, you realize just how cool it was that he got to see. Yeah. No, sign. yeah, I'm definitely, you know, because, like, just my unselfish ways, if it had happened a year ago, I would have been, a, you know, I think w- with my sister and I, I think he knew that we were both on a pretty good path. What does your sister do? My sister right now is in Africa building schools Jeez. out of mud bricks. Oh my god! That she's making herself. Yeah. What's her name? Sophie. Sophie, that's amazing. Yeah, she's she's awesome. She um. And Luke got to see, knew that he was she was doing that. Yeah, yeah. She's been in Africa for about three months or so. She came back when all this happened, but she's mm-hmm. out there. But yeah, she's out there. Uh, she got malaria. She's tough. Damn. Yeah. Wow, she's way tougher than you are. Yeah, she's well, the real jungle boy. Yeah, she's a jungle she's, girl. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's out there making bricks out of mud wow. and stuff, and then building schools. So that's cool. Yeah, because like b- b- just a few things about your dad when he when he passed away, you had no warnings, right? This is just one of those things that just happened. No, yeah, it was just I was um, I was at David Arquette's house the night before because no he kidding. he has a ring. In his yeah, I was at his place a couple weeks. Ago. Oh yeah, 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 and I was uh training with this guy, Jake Atlas. We're getting ready for a PWG, you know, and it was, my dad was supposed to come to PWG and it was, and that was like on a Friday and this was like a Tuesday or something. And he texted me and he asked if I wanted to have Chinese food. And I said, I'm, I probably won't make it tonight because I'm here training late with Jake, but I'll see you tomorrow or whatever. And then I woke up the next morning and that it was, it was already kind of going full swing, the whole thing. Because once he had the the, the attack, or whatever, yeah. he never never really woke up, right? No, yeah. I mean, the whole thing was they they were keeping him uh, asleep hmm. because I guess that's just better. It was a stroke, uh, yeah. yeah. 
And, you know, I don't know a ton about mm-hmm. strokes and how all that works, but, um, yeah, it, I don't know. The whole thing was just so strange. It doesn't, it still doesn't really feel real to me a lot. Mm-hmm. It, um, it happened so quick and just kind of out of the blue because, mm-hmm. like, 12 hours before that, we were talking about Chinese Chinese, right, right, right. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around mm-hmm. how that. It's a huge shock, yeah. like you said. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Um, you mentioned PWG. Yeah. Tell us about some of the other places that you work. Because have you worked mostly on the West Coast? Have you gone? Yeah, well, just just since November. It's, it's funny because I started... Um, when I came back to wrestling my second time around, it was all in Los Angeles, and I pretty much worked for one place, in like a little warehouse. And um, that was my senior year of high school. And then it came time for me to go to college, which I didn't really want to do, but I'd always had good grades, and I didn't know what else I wanted to do because I didn't, I didn't really believe myself enough to say, like, I, I want to wrestle. That's what I want to do. I was kind of wishy-washy about it. So I moved up to college. I went to Santa Cruz. I really did not like. but So I was driving back here all the time to wrestle in the same warehouse in Southern California. And then that's actually when the thing happened where, like, I got exposed, I guess, for my dad and I. We got, <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and it really kind of pissed me off the way it happened because I felt like the place I was working, I don't know, it just, I, I was kind of done with Southern California. So I started wrestling just up there in Northern California. And then that became kind of my new home and I got really in with those guys and but then I moved back to Southern California after the college year was done. Uh, so then I was living here, but only wrestling up there. And it wasn't that. That went on for like a year or two. And then this past November, Joey Janela was doing a show in Los Angeles. But the company he was doing it with is called Game Changer, and they're based in New Jersey. So it was like their big show coming out here. And, you know, he had messaged me, and he's like, I think you're going to blow up after this show. And I was like, cool, man, I'm ready because, you know, I had seen, like, with Marco Stunt and all that, I, I had seen that Joey kind of had the power to to put people on that big stage. He's got a real, a big underground fan base, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of, that was, like, my big return to L.A. was with these New Jersey guys. Hmm. And he was right. Like, it, it just blew up after that. And I got booked for PWG the day after that show. And then I've been out to the East Coast a bunch since then. Been to Canada once. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I've, I've so been mostly certain. North America, America, yeah. right? Yeah, I've been to Mexico once. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did Arena Mexico. That was really cool. How'd you go to end up in Arena Mexico? Uh, it was for Dragon Mania, which is like the Ultimo Ultimate Dragon. Dragon. Yeah. Um, he works with a guy that I met up in Northern California. I trained with him for a while. And um, yeah, they, he, the guy who's my trainer got like four spots to take four guys to Dragon Mania. Hmm. And so he took me, which was... What'd you think of Mexico? It was cool because we did two shows. The first day was Dragon Mania, and the second one was called IWRG. And we, I really got to see like the top and pretty close to the <laughs> so bottom. So Arena Mexico is like the staples. Amazing, yeah. And what's the bot? Where did you wrestle for the other one? Well, th- this other place, I don't even know. 
uh, I can't even say. Pro- so, I don't know where it was. There, it was called Arena Nakalpan no, or something. Yeah. yeah, that's and we we went shithole. in there <laughs> and uh, it. There were like the, the kind of we were getting these glares because we were four American guys coming in and getting the main event slot. Mm. And there are these guys kind of staring at us and all that. And we go in the back and someone else is kind of calling the match for us, translating it with the four guys we're supposed to work for. Just so it's an eight-man tag? Yeah. Four guys, yeah. Americans versus four Amer- Mexicans? Well, and they had to build like as America versus Mexico. Gotcha. But so like before that, there was one of the matches, I don't know what happened, but this dude took a pair of like garden shears and totally just shoot, like hacked the other guy up. Like the, the bell rang and the referee was like, here and gave him the garden shears and I guess it was like some personal sort of wow yeah but like vendetta yeah and I just seen this guy they had like a little hutch thing where you could pray before you went out and this guy was praying in there and then he went out and hacked this dude all up and I was like dude this is this is like a wild world kind of down here and so we went and did the match and the match did not go well these guys didn't really want to work um and you know chairs started getting thrown and the fans were like throwing (laughs) beer and stuff and someone, there was an American flag in the crowd, and someone tried to light the flag on fire, and I ran over and snatched it. Cause I was like, "Wow, yeah!" But so it got really, really wild. That's pretty crazy. It was, and especially coming that was the day after we did Arena Mexico, which was the biggest thing I'd ever done, and it was amazing. Like it, it's a huge spectacle. I know, like I've spent a few yeah. years in Mexico. I know Arena El Calpen, and it yeah. was a dump twenty five years yeah. ago. I can't imagine. I can't imagine they've done any upgrades since then. No, it um. But that's that's the thing. I had that a, a bunch of times. Uh, hit in the head with a cup of piss, and it's oh, warm. Yeah. That's, like, you actually pulled your pants down and peed in this cup while yeah. I was walking to the ring. Yeah, like, that's, that's that's high planning, dude. I mean, <laughs> I will say the fans of Mexico they are really really passionate. Like yes. they full on get into it. And mm-hmm. um, I because I remember I was talking to one of the guys that was up there tagging because. It had like kind of turned into we we started the match and we were kind of running these spots, but it kind of turned nasty in the middle of the mm-hmm. match. And my friend got like hit full on like in the back of the head with a chair, and like it was like one of those non folding plastic mm-hmm. ones. But I remember because like if if that was at home or whatever, if someone just blasted you in the back of the head with a chair, like that's something you can handle however you want to, really. But oh yeah, we we were, I remember thinking like we should probably leave or like hit these guys back or something, but I looked around and was like, we're surrounded by however many hundreds of people, and we are like the four Americans. Like, this is not... You realize it could turn nasty pretty, yeah. pretty quickly. So I was like, let's just finish this. Let's like do... Mm-hmm. Let's. Well, we ended up leaving for a minute. We went to the back, because I was like, this... People were slipping on the beer and the blood from the guy who just got stabbed with the garden thing. And we went in the back, and these two guys came back, and they took off their masks, and they're like, what happened? We were like, what do you mean what happened? You guys are out there trying to kill us. And they're like, oh, that's just how it is in Mexico. And I was like, do you know what? I like, It's really not how it is in Mexico. Well, I was like, I was just at Arena Mexico yesterday, and it's not like that there. Once again, you get the difference between professionals and yeah. then the low-level guys that are trying to make a name for yourself. Yeah. And that happened to me the first few times I went to Mexico and Japan. You know what you do? You just punch them right back. Hit them yeah. as hard as you can, and they'll back off a bit. Yeah. But like you said, you don't know that. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I'm 21 now. I was 20 then, though. But I was, I was kind of freaked out a little too because I, I didn't know what to do, and I, I didn't want to punch this guy in the face because that's one of those things you could end up in a Mexican jail and never be seen again. Well, I thought also I'll be killed. Like, well, yeah, well, yeah, there, that there too. are hundreds of people around yeah. here, and like, who knows? I don't know. But yeah. um, I happened another time too. A guy was was rushing his way to the ring. The cops took him away. Whatever. And I found out later he was rushing the ring with a gun. 
And it's like, who's going to kill me? Jesus. Like, that's, that's Mexico, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But so, uh, you know, now that we're all alive and it's done, mm-hmm. it's a funny story we all laugh about and all that, but I probably won't be back in there. <laughs> like, you know. It's weird going to those other countries when you see, yeah, you know, like you said, it's a third world country, right? Yeah, it's it's so different. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. It's almost like another world. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So we talk about PWG. Um, it's kind of changed a bit now, right? They're, they do it in a different Yeah, it's at the Globe or? Theater in downtown. Um, it's funny now looking back on it. That, that was another moment that I got to share with my dad when I got booked for PWG. It was the day after this Joey Janela show, and we were at Hamburger Mary's in West Hollywood. Have you been there? Well, yeah, I went to one in Tampa. It's like a, yeah, the drag queen. Drag queen. My sister bingo loves games. loves drag queens. Obsessed. <laughs> and so we were there having drag brunch, which is just brunch with drag queens yelling the whole time. Right on. And this fan had asked me, "He's like, what's your email? Someone wants to book you." And I was like, "Okay." I just gave it to him, right. but and then like ten minutes later, I got an email that said PWG Wrestling, and I was like, "That for me was crazy because PWG is like." I mean, it's it is like everyone knows what it is. You got to be good to be in PWG. Yeah, all the workers there are top notch. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, well, PWG for me is like the top indie thing. Like that was always a goal, but it was a goal that I was kind of too afraid to say out loud because I don't know. I didn't. I mm-hmm. didn't have the confidence. Like I'm gonna get to PWG. I kind of knew it for myself, mm-hmm. but I wasn't gonna go out there saying it and all that. So when I got that, that was it was kind of confirming to me like, all right, this is it's starting to go. Mm-hmm. Like it's. But yeah, I showed my dad that email, and he just he gave me like a thumbs up and kind of a nod, because that was kind of the cool place. Like celebrities would go to PWG. Yeah, very hard to get tickets. Yeah, well, like like Rhonda from... went there right before she did. Right, she it was, got uh, a chick from uh, Modern Family. Sophia Vergara yeah, goes a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, well, because it's like kind of like a big phenomenon of a thing. It's just mm-hmm. it's its own thing, but it's crazy. So yeah, that was, and it's funny because I ended up getting signed before I even did the first PWG show. Mm. So it was like one huge thing after another, and I kind of couldn't wrap my head around it all. But so I've done two PWGs now. We're set to do a third and probably a fourth. It's it's one of those things, too. Like a PWG, you mentioned, was always so famous for having the top notch. Yeah. But now with the advent of, of AEW, like everybody's yeah. getting signed. Yeah. So I wonder how those shows are going to yeah changing. Because before you had enough great independent yeah. guys that were bopping around all over, but that has changed a little bit. Now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I know like like Brody King, mm-hmm. I know signed a Ring of Honor, but his deal is that he can still do PWG, the only indie. And that's what the Bucks had yeah. for years and theirs, right? So it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens. Yeah. Cuz PWG like is an exception kind of. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Exception to the rule, right? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You're a a smaller guy. Who are some of your uh, inspirations when you were... Growing up, I mean, the the first time I saw Rey Mysterio, that I I just had my mind blown. I'd never seen anything like that. And the funny thing is, like, he's short, but he he's like a pretty Wait, big dude. Big he's guy, like yeah. he's jacked. Yeah. Um, but so that obviously was, you know, he's like an icon, and mm-hmm. like 
In terms of little guys, I think he's probably the greatest pioneer, yeah. greatest iconic. Yeah. Um, and 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 even though he he took a five foot five and made it, yeah, a benefit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that was like my first introduction to lucha, which I also think is awesome. I remember like like Brian Kendrick and Paul London. I mm. thought they were really cool because they were smaller guys. Yeah. Um, you know, th- those were kind of the main ones, but I'd say Ray is probably my biggest. What was your was your goal at one point to work in Mexico or Japan or WWE or what kind of were you thinking? I mean, when I was a when I was little, I didn't know anything about really independent wrestling. So my only like when I was a kid, my goal was like to be the WWE. Right. And you know, back then I was kind of not realistic about how much I was going to grow. Mm-hmm. And I I thought I was going to make the size of Triple H when I was little. But like <laughs> if you look at my dad and my mom, like it's pretty obvious that's right, not. Right. But. Um, yeah, that was obviously the goal. Now, I, I'd love to go to Japan now. That's something uh, I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Mexico, I did it, but I'd love to go back and do some more do in, in the right places. Right, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'm I'm at this time, there's nowhere I'd rather be than with AEW. And I'm, re- I'm really stoked to be. Why do you say that? Why do you, there's no other place you'd rather be? I just, I remember it... Um, it was before I'd done PWG and the, after, but, like, I kind of got this indie buzz. But I did some extra work for WWE, mm. and it really, really motivated me, actually. And it kind of changed. Way? Well, we—I did three days. It was for, like, TLC, The Raw, and then The SmackDown after. All in L.A., or? No, it was in, like, San Jose and okay. then Sacramento. And, you know, I feel like I don't watch WWE, and I haven't for a while, just because I'm— you know, it, it's not that exciting for me to watch anymore. Mm-hmm. But I feel like on the indies and all that, you can get into a real, there's this whole kind of attitude about it. Like, oh, that you don't need that. None of that's, like, it's not cool anymore mm-hmm. to want to. And I agree that that's obviously, I mean, obviously now that's not the only place you need to go. But when I went there and I saw kind of like how big the whole thing was and I saw the dudes and just like, Everything about it, it's just like a huge, huge show. And it's like a huge spectacle. And I, I, it reminded me, like, when I was a little kid and I went backstage at the Raw for the first time, I was like, wow, this is... Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me, like, I want to be a part of something like this. Like, I, I'm tired of driving for eight hours and getting beat up and getting no money in front of nobody and then driving right. home. Like, yeah. I, want, I want to be here. And so we didn't do anything for the first two days. And then the last day they said... Uh, stand in your gear or get in your gear and stand around the ring. And so we went and we were all really nervous, but we stood around the ring for almost two hours. And we were pretty positive, like that's, they're just going to tell us to go back, whatever. But we ended up getting to have these tryout matches. And it was like four, they they said, Jake, you got four minutes, like don't go over. And so we ended up doing a tag match, me and these three other guys. And it was weird because, like, like AJ and Charlotte, and like they're just standing around the ring, and they're not really watching because why would they? It's just like an extras match, but they're all standing around the ring. So I was like, oh, man, like, this is... It's intimidating. Yeah. But I just, we, we did our thing and all that, and um, Scott Armstrong was the one watching and kind of critiquing the matches. And after he said, he's like, you guys come here, and he talked to us all. And he gave us positive feedback, and then he kind of just turned to me and started talking to me a little bit, which I felt... Kind of bad because he kind of just like turned his shoulder. <laughs> right. But I was like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he told me, he's like, you're going to make a lot of money at this one day. Um, so keep doing it. And then I kind of thought, I was like, do you know, maybe he just says this to everyone though. 
And the next match went, and he was like, all right, thank you guys. And that was it, and they left. And I was like, oh, man, okay, maybe, like, this really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then then he had asked, uh, he pulled me aside, and they wanted me to be in the match with Leo Rush. It was like a squash, pretty much, which I was like, this, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to be on TV, all this. And then I got in the ring with Leo, and we started doing it, and someone kind of, like, whispered to him or whatever, and he ended up telling me, he was like, I'm really, really sorry about this. But I kind of took this as a compliment. He's like, the way you look, like with Leo, is we don't really want that because you're kind of, you're more attention grabbing than what we're looking for, which I thought was cool. The hair, man. Yeah, like I look <laughs> too noticeable to get squashed, I guess. I don't know. But but he told me, he's like, you just got to get a little bigger, which I knew and I've been working on. Uh, but he said, he's like, I can definitely see you here one day. And so when I went, I went back to the catering right there, and I grabbed, like, a lobster tail and a steak and was, like, forcing it down. But so it really motivated me to to get in there and work and all. Because I, then I knew, I was like, I've heard it from the guy himself. Like, this is possible. And then, you know, all this happened, and All Elite, that was before, like, I even, I think All Elite was even a public yeah. thing that I knew about. But so, but now I, I would much rather be here. I remember talking to my dad about this. I would much rather be here right now for this because... You know, if I went to WWE, I'd just be another, I'd be like literally at the bottom of the. Yeah. And who knows what would happen. But this is like, it's starting now and it's a fresh thing. And I feel like, th- I feel like there's more opportunity for me to grow here and um, kind of just continue the path I'm on. And, and I feel like I'm going to learn so much is the thing. Like, like getting to share a locker room with you and Cody and all these guys, that's like from where I'm coming, like coming into that, that's, that's amazing. Well, like I said, that's one thing is, uh, that I really like about this roster is and our idea and our mindset behind it, all of yeah. us, is that we don't want to be, and this is nothing against anybody, but don't yeah. want to be a WWE retread or if someone yeah. leaves WWE or gets fired yeah. or whatever that they show up here. Yeah. There might be a couple guys that do that, yeah. but we want to make our own no, yeah, for guys, sure. our own names. Yeah. So for a guy like yourself, it fits the mindset perfectly. Yeah. You're not going to be lost in the crowd like you yeah. might be there. Yeah. And like it's the same reason why I signed. It's something new. Like we've yeah. never, I've never built a company from scratch. Yeah. You know what if it what if it fails? What if it's a huge success? Like yeah. what do you do? Right. Well, it's exciting because we're a part of history. Like now, whatever right. happens is is going to happen. But Either it's, way, it's going to be exactly. cool to be there and be a part of it on the ground floor, which I'm excited for. It's just. Are, are you working at Double or Nothing? Yes. Who who? What's your match? I believe I'm in the Battle Royal. The Battle Royal. Yeah. Over because you weren't at. All in. No. I remember watching that with my dad, actually, on the couch. Really? Yeah. So your dad was watching a lot of stuff, or was he watching just with you? No, he didn't really watch by himself. He would, oh, I was excited about All In, because mm-hmm. I knew kind of, like, the implications of what it meant for everything. And so I'd been talking about it, and he's like, I want to come watch that with you. Mm. And so he sat on the couch, and we watched it. Yeah, but, it, it, I mean, I knew then. I was like, things are changing a little bit. Like, this is, this is a big thing. I was just mm. laughing when you said... You had your match in the rain, then you went to catering, had steak and lobster. 20 years old, steak and lobster. Yeah. After your match. I think I had a hot dog when I was about 20. No, yeah. Years, maybe fell on the floor first. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I mean, in hindsight, I don't know if I would have grabbed the lobster, but I was determined right then. I was like, I'm oh, going to gain weight. I was like, I'm going to get bigger today. Um, <laughs> and I could see all these people kind of eyeing me, but I was like, whatever, man. I'm gonna... So what? What? How, how are you going to try and do that to get bigger? Because that's the ultimate thing. You got to get bigger. Gotta yeah, get bigger. yeah. Well, that was another thing I actually... Cody and the butt, like, no one ever said that to me, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, getting bigger is something I've wanted to do, but it's always like, like, you need to do this to be able to be on this show. Mm-hmm. 
And that's not something they said to me. And I, I appreciated that because I think they want me for what I what I am and what mm-hmm. I'm bringing to it. I, I've actually gained like 10 pounds since. The thing is, too, though, from what I remember seeing, you're pretty, yeah. pretty ripped up. I like mean, yeah, I tried it, yeah. And that's and that's the thing. Like, okay, listen, it's like when they try to get Big Show to diet down to 350 or whatever. Yeah. It's like, dude, he's a giant. Yeah. He's 450 pounds. Yeah. You can't put, you know, a 450 guy into a 300-pound yeah. box. And it's the same with you. You're never going to be 220. So yeah. if you're 180 or 170 or 190, yeah. as long as you look good and can work yeah. and connect with the crowd, what does it really matter? Yeah, no. It, um, yeah, I mean— I'd like to be a little bigger just because I'd like to. What are you, 21? Yeah. <laughs> I think you still can. Uh, it's funny. Size. My dad and I, uh, until just recently, I probably surpassed him, but he was my size his whole life. Like, Wow, and people never know that when you see the guys on, on screen. Yeah, and my dad was, he didn't have his growth spur until after high school, but he was like 5'3 hmm. until he got out of high school. And then really? He, yeah. He was really small growing up. How tall are you? I'm like five ten now. Oh, see, that's yeah, that's the yeah. five ten. He and a half. he ended up being like my height, and see, you know, it's right there. Okay, so if you're five ten, yeah, you know, and you put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle, I think, yeah, I think you'll be okay. If you were like five yeah. foot six, like like Mysterio yeah. is, yeah. he has to put on way more, more. just to look, you know, just to yeah. kind of match up. But I always say like if you take Mysterio and Big Show out of the equation, yeah, everyone else pretty much looks the same in the ring. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think also it'll come with time and age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm I, before it was something I worried about, and I was like, I have to get bigger, or else nothing's gonna work for me, or whatever. And like even with WWE, that that was kind of the thing they said, like you have to get bigger, which I appreciate and I understand. But like with Cody and them, they, that was never a thing. It was mm-hmm. like you have to do this to get here. It was. It was its own thing. I think once again, you, 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 connecting with the crowd, like I said, yeah. looking like a star. Well, I I find I feel like being smaller, and I, I feel like I have a normal body, kind of like mm. nor, normal. What a lot of guys when you see them, they go, like, oh, "That guy's a wrestler or an athlete." Or they're these huge guys mm. and ripped out of there. Like, but I feel like for a lot of the fans and all that, it I feel like it's easier to relate to my physical body in a way because I I know kids all like I've had kids tell me like you make me want to be a wrestler and like I think they can see the the kid part of me. Well, and that's the whole appeal of, of Mysterio, for yeah. sure. Because to me, once again, like, I've never been one of those. Because I, when I first started wrestling, I was yeah. small. Yeah. You know, 5'11", 220 was yeah. like a midget yeah. at that point in time, right? To me, and even now here in 2019, whether you're six foot eight, which there's not a lot of guys yeah. that are anymore because yeah. they can't work and they can't cut it. Most guys are, are like my height, your height. Yeah. Do you look like a star? Yes. Do you look like you work out? Yes. Do you look like an athlete? Yes. I mean, that's pretty much all that I ask for when yeah. I look at somebody when I'm watching somebody, yeah. you know, on the show, right? Yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel more comfortable now, definitely. Like, because I know I know I can cut it now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I- I'll gain weight over time, I think, but it's not, it's not like it's the end-all, be-all to whether thing. you're going to yeah. make your full potential or not. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
How did you learn the kind of gymnastic side of, of, of your repertoire? Of um, well, I actually, I got like forced to go to gymnastics when I was a kid by the doctor. Because I, I couldn't touch my, I still can't touch my toes. I'm, I have really tight hamstrings. Like, really? I can't, and he said, he's like, that is unacceptable. You need to go to gymnastics <laughs> and like learn to stretch and all that. So I went to gymnastics and I hated the stretching part. But I just learned how to do like some flips. So I went and I learned to do these flips and then I left. Not being able to touch my toes still. <laughs> but so I have a little bit of a gymnastics background. I'm not a super crazy yeah, good so at it. Some kind of a jump off the wall or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I, I go to this parkour place. I'm like, mm. I, I, I like that stuff. I'm not, there are dudes in there that are cra- like mm. nuts. You seen John um, Morrison yeah. great at that stuff. Yeah. He, uh, well, that's another guy because he, he's not a small guy, but he's not like a giant. Mm-hmm. So that's another guy um, that's been inspirational. But they're, they're all, the thing is too, with the flips is like, I know I can do some flips and I can do some cool stuff, but I also know that I, I'm not, I'm not ever going to be Pac or Ricochet. Right. Or, so I know that that's not, I'm not going to put all my eggs in, I can do the best flips in that basket either because I can't. And that is one thing that I've come to learn about the Jungle Boy thing is the character stuff. At first I thought it was like, I got to do cool moves and all that, which which you do. I People say like it's not about the moves at all. I think it is about the moves some. Because to an extent. It's about each guy having two or three moves yeah. that are distinctive with him. Yeah. But I've learned now so much that the character helps a lot because someone explained it to me like this. There are, there are like there are a lot of guys out there who can do a lot of cool flips. But if people see like five super cool dives or flips in a night, it's not going to be that easy to remember like this guy did this flip and this guy did this dive and whatever. Whereas, like, this character is, like, there's no one else doing that. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a much easier thing to, mm-hmm. like, remember. And that sticks out. It's the most important thing about wrestling. Yeah. Is your character. And I keep saying connecting with the audience. Yeah. And an audience can def- uh, feel a character. Yeah. Empathize with a character. Yeah. Way more than they can with, you know, a, a front flip. Yeah. Because most people don't know how to do a front flip. They, yeah. know, how to, they know what it feels like to be punched in the face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why that works. Yeah. But it's more of the character that gets you into what's going on in the match. Yeah. What is the Jungle Boy character? Are you like actual Jungle Boy? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was something I definitely like, I kind of grew into the name. Because at first it was just like a nickname and it was kind of like the way I looked. And I was like, all right. Well, it came, the reason it came was because uh, I'm a big fan of Conor McGregor. Mm. I, I was a huge fan back then. Mm-hmm. And... um I would always remember, like, before his fights, he would kind of stand on, like, his hands and knees, like, waiting to run across the can. I was like, that's kind of freaky. Mm. Like, if I was looking across and seeing this guy waiting to just run over here and kick right. my ass, I'd be worried. So it was my first match the second time around. I was, I doused myself in water, and I was super wet, and I was, like, way wetter than I meant to be. <laughs> and then I, I had entered first, and I was standing out there waiting, and I was like, this is awkward because I'm, like, soaking wet in these underwear and, like... I don't know what to do because I didn't have any character. I was just, mm-hmm. so I was like, all right, I'm going to stand like Conor McGregor. So I did that pose and I kind of just stood there on my hands and knees like a monkey, like waiting for the guy to come. And that's when this guy said, he's like, I have a nickname for you. And so then it, um, you know, I kept doing that little crouch and all, but then I kind of, my gear changed. I put a little loincloth on my thing. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, the name has influenced the way I look, the way the move, like the way I move. The stuff I do, so it's I kind of grown into it. But yeah, it's, it's memorable too, right? Yeah, like Jungle Boy. Like, yeah. Well, the thing is too, it's like a 
it's not like I, I'm inventing this. This character has been done. Like Tarzan is a huge like, mm. but everybody loves that, and everybody knows what it what it is. And it's like a really distinct character, but this is kind of a new little twist on it, or mm-hmm. so. No, I mean, I think, um, like I said, it makes people remember what you're doing. Yeah. And that's the most important thing because now, especially everybody has their real names. And I read, yeah. the, you know, the Ring of Honor roster or yeah. whatever. And there's 18 guys whose yeah. names I've heard, but I have no idea what yeah. they look like or who yeah. they are. When you have a name like yours, it's very easy to, to figure out. Yeah, it kind of tells you. Plus, when you, but when you get the only problem is when you get older, you have to change it to Jungle Man. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's going <laughs> to come at some point. People still go, Heart, HBK, Heartbreak Kid, yeah. Heartbreak Man. Uh, as as we wind down here, tell me what you're looking forward to AEW as far as who you want to wrestle with. And I mean, I feel like it sounds cliche, but I, I really would like to wrestle everybody there mm. if I can. There, It's just so... There's so much there, I think, to to learn from and to take from. Um, I would love to wrestle Cody just because I think, you know, it's it's like an emotional thing. But I think, like, if my dad could see that, I think that would be real Mm. cool for his son to wrestle Dusty's son like that. That's, yeah. But but everybody there, honestly, I would would like to be able to. You know, it's interesting because I think Cody and I spoke about this when, when, when you got signed. You guys both know what it's like to grow up under the shadows. Yeah. As, as, to a sense, so do I have yeah. a famous father. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a camaraderie there. Yeah. And um, I think that's something that, in a way, has driven me a lot. But it's also, I don't know. I, I find myself not really, I, I guess, in a way, I kind of like, I feel like I kind of would try and compete with my dad more than with guys my age or doing the same thing I'm doing. Because... I've always kind of grown up with that as Luke Perry's son. Yeah, and it's something that, like I, you know, I want to, I want to be able to surpass my dad. I feel like everyone does a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's a bit more of a task. I feel like for me than some people, but that's definitely been something that has driven me. And Once so, again, that, that's a storyline right there. Yeah, it's an, and, it's, and it's a great storyline with yeah. the right antagonist. Yeah, and you wouldn't even have to say much; just yeah. a few little things, and it would just go right through the roof yeah. because of that. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I saw a video that my dad had filmed something or other in Winnipeg, and they asked him, "Was like, oh, what's it like to be Chris Jericho's father?" And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, well, my whole life is Ted Irvin's son. Now it's Chris Jericho's yeah. father, but that's the way it should be." Yeah, you know, and that it's the same thing. He went from Luke Perry's son to, yeah. you know, he was your father. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's you, the goal, man. Do you feel that now your career is kind of uh, dedicated to him? Do you feel any connection to that? I mean, yeah, it's. I still don't want to be Luke Perry's son. That's mm-hmm. not what I want to be as, like, my label. But it's, you know, obviously I, I feel him coming back to wrestling after this month off I took, it, it was really strange. And it made me, like, really aware of the fact that he wasn't there with me because he used to text me right before and right after every match. Hmm. And it was so funny because I, I wrestled Joey Janela, and I had so much fun, but he would have absolutely hated it. Because he hated, like, he hated any time I went out of the ring. Hmm. He hated all sorts, anything kind of dropping you on your head. He, he was so nervous about it. But um, it was weird not to get this text saying, like, are you okay? Hmm. But I felt when I went out there, I felt connected to him in a way. I don't know. I, I felt like he was with me, kind of. Hmm. And, it, you know, people know what the deal is. I, I'm not going to go out there and say I dedicate this to him, but he'll— He'll be no, there no, 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 of course not. I, I'm just wondering, yeah. how do you feel? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Because I, I think, you know, 
not Luke Perry's son, but Luke Perry is my father. Yeah. That, I think that's the way to yeah. look at it if you're talking that way. Yeah. You're not in the, the shadow, but you're very obviously yeah. proud of who your dad yeah. was, right? Yeah. And I think, once again, that's that's the secret to, to the story here. Yeah. Yeah. It'll... I mean, yeah, we'll have to see. I've only wrestled, like, twice since the whole thing has happened. Did you so. feel you needed some time just to get away? Yeah, well, I... Like, the day it happened, obviously, I canceled all the stuff I had for that month just because there was no way Yeah, I was going to be wrestling a week later. Mm -hmm. um, and also, there's a lot of just stuff that has to mm -hmm. get taken care of and all that. Stuff you never realize until you have a parent pass away. No, yeah, man, it's yeah. crazy. But, um... So, I, yeah, I definitely needed that first month just to... Mm -hmm take care of everything, and also to be there with my family. My sister's back in Africa now, which is crazy. I don't know how she does it. There's no way I could be. Is she older than you? No, she's younger than me, wow. yeah. But, you know, the the thing, everybody's life in my family is different now. Like, the everyone's kind of plans for the future are a bit different. Like, the whole thing, it, it kind of just changed our whole world. Of course. So, you know... I, I guess I just need some time to kind of see how things fall, how things work out. It was the right time for it, too, considering that, you know, we don't start AEW till May yeah. 25th. Yeah. Don't really start in full till probably the fall now. This yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to finish up a couple of dates I have, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get booked a bunch right now and go all over because I'm kind of just trying to wind down until AEW starts. It's not really winding down at all, but mm -hmm. just segue into that. But, Do you know a lot of the guys on the roster in AEW? Yeah, I think a good amount. Um, People that you've worked with in the past? or Yeah, and like I've seen guys around. I see MJF places. Right. Um, see, he, I never heard MJF until they signed him. Oh, yeah. Never heard that they just, uh, did you see they on um, Being the Elite, they signed a private party? Those guys are really good. I've never heard of them before. I watched the highlight video. I've just insane. seen their clips on Twitter and stuff, but they, they make me feel bad about myself. Because right now I'm like, I'm never going to be able to do that. <laughs> Um, yeah, but they're not Jungle Boys, man. No, I know, but they're awesome. They're, yeah. Like I said, to me, that was one of the cool things about AEW is that I'm finding out about all these yeah. talents that I never even knew about, and they're all really, really good, obviously, yeah. because that's they wouldn't be here with us if they weren't. Yeah. You know? Uh, last, uh, last question for you. What's your favorite match that you ever had, and what's your favorite role that your dad played? I'll, I'll start with the role thing real quick. I... I really haven't watched a ton of him acting, mm -hmm. but he did these movies in Canada that were called, I think the first one was called Good Night for Justice. And they're these like cowboy movies on mm. like the Hallmark channel. And they're not really like a huge, right? it's not really like a commercial, th but he did those because he loved cowboy movies mm. and he, he wanted to be a cowboy. And he, he always did like when they would let him, he did his own stunts. Oh, wow. And he he did these movies so that he could ride a horse and so mm -hmm. that he could, he like, he climbs up a boat, like a big steam wheel on a boat. Whatever. So that, I think, I, I think in my heart, that is probably my favorite because that's him doing what he really loved to do. He took and, like, the part because he was yeah, going to do it. Yeah. He, uh, he also, it'll be the last thing that he was in probably, but this Tarantino movie. I heard about coming. that. Yeah. That movie's going to be huge. Yeah. And it's he, so cool that he was in it. Yeah. He, uh. It's funny. I'm actually in it too. Are you? Yeah, because he wanted me. I did some extra work. He's like, I want you to be in the same film or like collection of footage, whatever that I'm in. And he was really adamant about it. And I was like, All right, that like I'll do it. it it's cool. Tarantino was cool with it. 
Tarantino's, yeah, he's he's a really cool guy. He's, Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. So you, you may see me sitting behind someone special. Because it's basically based around the Manson murders or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't fully even know what it's about. Yeah, I don't but, either. Yeah, something about Hollywood. But And my dad was so excited about that. That really kind of reinvigorated him and re-energized him. Because, you know, he liked Riverdale, but it it was work. It was like his job, kind of. And this, he told me, he's like, this is like you getting to wrestle Chris Jericho or Kenya. This is like... An actor's part. Yeah, and this is like the biggest thing. He said, he's like, if I never work again, I'm happy with this. Wow, and he he never did work again. No, yeah. You know, it's one of those things, too, because Tarantino is so great at pulling out actors from the past. Yeah. To kill these new yeah. roles, so if he, I, I'm not sure how big his part was or not, but I'm sure there's a reason why Tarantino cast them. Well, Tarantino told me about the little. He said he's like, I handpicked your dad for this because he. Well, I guess like his role is kind of symbolic of his. I don't know, but he he definitely like knew he wanted my dad for it. He wants Luke Perry. Yeah, yeah. and so that comes out in July, I think. But I'll I'll be excited to see that. Oh um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because every Tarantino movie is such an event. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's, I mean, it's like a nice little send-off, yeah. I guess. I'm, I'm gl- yeah, I'm glad he got to do that before. Right, because it's funny because my girls, they they don't watch Riverdale as much. They, they, they oh, love yeah? Archie, but they loved Archie's dad. Yeah. Some, maybe because he sent the video or something, they kind of got a little bit out of it for a bit. Yeah. Kind of disappointed, you know? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, because uh, I don't, because they like air the episodes behind when they film. So I don't even know if they've shown his last episode that, that he's point. in. I don't know, but so we'll see how that how about uh, your favorite match that you ever had? My favorite match, I really like this match that I just had with Joey Janela the other day, but I would say my favorite match probably is the one I had in November, and it was with this guy, Tony Deppin, who is so underrated in my opinion. Mm. He, the California guy? No, he's a, he's a New Jersey. He's from Philadelphia. Okay. He works, But he everybody he works with looks like a million bucks. He just worked with that. I don't know if you saw the clips. He worked with a guy who has no legs. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. That was and, crazy. Yeah, and that would have been crazy no matter who it was. But sure. Tony Deppen is the guy. If you want someone to be a Deppen. star, yeah, Tony Deppen. D-E-P-P-E-N. Okay. That was the match. I, I've never been so nervous about anything in my life because I knew, like, I will blow up if this goes well. Mm. And, like, this is the moment where I really need a. And I was so nervous. I didn't eat for, like, two days because I couldn't. Is this one of the ones you had since you came back after you took a No, this was before. This was before. in November. Oh, November. Gotcha. And it... um. I knew, I was like, it's going to change my life. Mm-hmm. And my whole family was there because it was in L.A. and all that. And like, I just knew, I was like, this is this is my moment. And we were doing a spot. And I had, like, done all these cool arm drags and all these. And he said, he's like, why don't you hit me with these arm drags and then give me a drop kick just so we can, we can like, have that kind of exclamation point on it and give it a minute. And I was like, all right, cool. Whatever. Like, I didn't really think about it. And we're doing the drags and, like, drag, drag. And I did this last kind of flipping drag that, I don't know if I made it up, but I haven't seen anyone do it. And I felt the crowd, like, really coming. And then I knew. I was like, this guy's so smart because this drop kick is going to blow the roof up. And so I normally don't do it, but I went and I kicked him right in the face. I just blasted him. And the place went nuts. And I felt right there. I was like, that's it. Like, mm. it's kind of off to the races from here. Right. And so... I. A lot of times when I'm in there, I'm not really thinking. Like, I'm just kind of doing what I'm doing. But I, I remember thinking about my life in there. And I, I could, I felt my <laughs> life change with that dropkick. And so I, it, that, heavy. yeah, that moment for me. And like, I could see my family all day. It was, that, that is probably my favorite match just because of that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Well, dude, like I said, it's good to know that we're in the same company now. I'm yeah, man. I'm excited, dude. Excited to have you uh, flip me off the wall and beat me up or whatever. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll see. Thanks, dude. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much, man. All right. Congrats to Jack Perry, all pro wrestling's new junior heavyweight dragonfly champion. And Jack is also going to be in the APW Tag Team Championship match tonight, Friday, May 3rd in Daly City, California. Jungle Boy and Jake Atlas take on Reno Scum. Jungle Boy also mercilessly tapped out Brian Alvarez a few weeks ago. That wimp uh, Jack is on a roll. He will also be at the AEW Double or Nothing inaugural uh, show in Las Vegas, May 25th at the MGM Grand, headlined by Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Also, Chris Jericho is going to be on Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at C Part 2, setting sail January 20th, 2020. Uh, we're going to be announcing AEW talent pretty soon. Hey, Jungle Boy might be on that as well. Maybe even Kenny Omega. Maybe Cody Rhodes. Maybe the Young Bucks. In the meantime, and in between time, it's getting closer to selling out, so you're going to have to book now if you want to get the best vacation ever. And if anybody uh, missed out last year, ask somebody who went last year. Find out what they thought of the vacation. Everyone's saying the same thing. One of the best moments of their lives. Come hang out with me, Ric Flair, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, X-Pac, Jake the Snake Roberts, Queen Charmel, Booker T, MVP, Brad Williams, Vicky Guerrero, Shaw Guerrero, the Vaudettes, Jack Slade, Red Cup Jeff, Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson, Fozzie, Farewell to Fear, Rubik's Cube, Killer Queens, the Dave Spivak Project, Jared James Nichols, Kickaxe, DDP, Beyond the Darkness, uh, Bruce Jingles, Sarah Tiana. So many things happening between live bands, live podcasts, rock and roll, live wrestling at sea. Don't miss out on this. ChrisJerichoCruise.com. Go book your cabin now. And also get your ticket to come see Fozzie on the mini tour starting uh, in about uh, a week and a half. May 15th in Greenville, South Carolina at the Firmament. Nita Strauss is uh, opening that show. She's a Talk is Jericho alumni. May 16th, Greensboro, North Carolina at Cone Denim with Nita Strauss opening that one as well. May 17th, Virginia Beach at the Lunatic Luo, a great festival we played there a few years ago. May 18th at the MMRBQ, MMRBQ, I guess you'd say, at Camden, New Jersey at the BB&T Pavilion just down the street from Philadelphia. Uh, July 12th, Mansfield, Ohio at Incarceration. And Fozzie doing a West Coast run in September based around our Iron Maiden gig on September 14th at the Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles, opening for Iron Maiden. Uh, Check out the rest of the dates on the Unleashed in the West tour starting September 5th in Denver, Colorado. All gigs and VIP information at FozzyRock.com. Don't you dare miss it. It's one of the greatest rock and roll shows you're ever going to see. The Foz is firing up, baby. I'm getting ready to roll. Uh, speaking of getting ready to roll, Dave Meltzer back next week as we talk about the story, the amazing story about how Vince McMahon bought WCW. It's a crazy tale. Uh, uh, I still can't believe that they sold it for $2.5 million. We could have taken up a poll and paid, uh, paid that money, but you're going to hear all about it when Vince McMahon bought WCW about 18 years ago with Dave Meltzer right here on Talk is Jericho. Have a great weekend. In the meantime and in between time, stay cool, stay hard, stay hungry, and a big yeah boy. Aye, aye.